Welcome to the Shellheads Podcast. This is episode 9. This episode is all about The Secret of the Ooze, the second theatrically released film back in 1991. If you like what you hear, be sure to subscribe. We're available on all major podcast platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and Spotify. Enjoy the show. a brand new episode of Shellheads. My name is Sergio. I'm your host. With me, as always, is Jeff of the Warp Zone Arcade. How's it going? It's going. The other host. <laughs> that's right. That's right. I, we, we, we didn't d- define our roles. Co-hosties? Co- co-hosters. Co- co-hostess. Co-stars. Co-hostess. There's no hosts, only no. stars. Co-hostess is delicious snack. Well, hostesses. Yeah. Wouldn't that be like two female hosts? Ooh, that would be. Hmm. Jeff, what do we do on Shellheads? We talk about them Ninja Turtles. The Ninja Turtles. Okay. Uh, let's see. We've been through a lot of stuff. We talked about TV. We've talked about comics. We've talked about a movie. Today, what are we talking about? The greatest one of all. <laughs> did, did those words just come out of your mouth? Did you just say that? I say it out of spite. Okay. All right. Okay. I can I can respect that. I can, I can respect pure hatred. So that's fine. Uh, yeah, we're talking we're talking about Secret of the Ooze, yeah. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles two, The Secret of the Ooze, which is like the longest title for a movie ever. Mm. One, two, three, four. A number. The Secret of the. That's like ten letter ten words. If yeah. you count the number as a word. Maybe. No, no, they just do the, the Roman numeral. It's still, it's, so, you still have to type it out. Yeah, well, yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, the movie came out in what year? 1991? To the Google. How did we, how did neither of us write that down? I don't know. I watched it at the last minute, like I always do. 91. That was a quick turnover. Yes, yes. Well, like when you look back at it, this movie and the third movie were thrown together very quickly. Yeah. Because the third movie came out in 92. Yeah. Technically, wasn't the first one 89? No. Or was it 90? It was 90. 90? It was early 90. Okay. But it, it was 90. Secret of the Use was 91. Uh, I watched it last night. Uh, watched it real. Watched it real slow. Made sure I took copious notes. Because I know how much you love this movie. And I know how much I don't love this movie. It's it's the, my nostalgia for this is 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 very. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Thick. I was gonna say thick. Yeah, thick nostalgia molasses just spread oh. all over the top of it, like warm buttery waffles. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and that's really the only thing that can really hold this movie together is childhood. Dreams. I'm so glad you didn't say obesity. <laughs> <laughs> well, we did just talk about molasses, so yeah, and copious amounts of pizza. Yes, there's more pizza in this movie than I have ever ever seen. Like, 
Let's let's just start off with the opening scene. The opening scene is literally a pizza montage. Yeah, but before that, okay, the in memory of Jim Henson. Oh of yeah, course, yeah, being yep, probably one of the most powerful things of the time. But uh, as a kid, that didn't register to me. I'm like, what is? What are they talking about Jim Henson for? You know, because you know, as a kid, you don't think about that kind of stuff. Well, I did. You know, I didn't. Yeah, like I, I, I remember seeing. Oh, this, this, that's because he's dead. Yeah, yeah. So, so like, yeah, I remember as a kid why it was important that his name was there. Yeah, but it's like one of the last things he ever did. Yeah. Oh, ugh, ugh. I, I know what I'm saying yeah. is, is this to, for him to die when he did, and the, for this to be the last thing he worked on? Yeah. that's a stinker. It's yeah. really a stinker. Yeah. Let's let's actually talk about it. Okay. Pizza montage. Why is this why is there a pizza montage at the beginning of this movie? It did what it was supposed to do because I remember going to the theater with my mom. We sat down, got ready. Starts up. She sees them all eating pizza. Mm-hmm. She's like leans over to me. You're going to want pizza after this, aren't you? It's like, "Yep." And of course it happened. Uh-huh. It's, but the, the thing is, there was no there was no Domino's tie-in this time around. No. So, it was Roy's Pizza. It's like, oh, you're in New York. Yeah, boy, they were in New, New York in the last movie. Yeah, but you could have had anything except freaking Domino's Pizza. Yeah, it's just weird. Yeah. Like, product placement. They, but they did, like, they did product placement better this time around when they weren't advertising for someone than they did the first time. Yeah. Because there's, like, I mean, there's pizza everywhere in this movie. Everywhere. All over the place. Yeah. I'm just going to just kind of go down through my notes. That's fine. They're going to be pretty much in chronological order. Okay. Very shortly after the pizza montage is Kino making his glorious debut in the opening scene. Yeah. Mishandling pizzas. Oh, so in the most, one of the most inaccurate things. <laughs> Hold the pizza box upright. All those toppings are going to slip off. Yeah, it's, you're going to have a pizza like scrunched up in the side of the box. Pizza soup. He's he's too busy being a karate man to learn how to the carry a pizza. Man. Well, it makes sense because he was inside Donatello's suit in the first film. Then he should know how to eat a pizza. Yeah, or hold a pizza, handle a pizza, carry a pizza. Carry Come out. on, man. Yeah. Uh, and then he makes a really crude fat joke. Yeah. Did you catch that? Yeah. It was pretty bad for the time, but you can get away with it. Then now you can. No, you couldn't make that joke at all now. No. No. And like even at the thinking about the time, it's still really tacky to be like, "Oh yeah. Well, I'll be dreaming of someone just thinner." Yeah. <laughs> and she wasn't even big. She wasn't big, and it was unnecessary. It was very unnecessary. Why why? Why? I don't know. So, so Kino starts off as a jerk. That's great. Yeah, uh, and here he carries the the the, the, the pizza pizzas that he hastily threw into his bag, uh, and he goes to deliver them to, of course, a Miss April O'Neil. Mm-hmm. Uh, on his way, what happens? He's a crime in progress, and because what grown-ups do, they try to stop them, right? Yeah. That's no. Well, pizza delivery boys try to, you know, Nin- ninja pizza delivery boys. Ninja pizza. Oh my god. It's back. The ninja pizza. <laughs> it comes full circle. Starring Karate Man. Yeah. 
And that leads to the opening fight and the introduction of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Who jump in to the scene. Yes. Obviously, on trampolines. (laughs) (laughs) Because ninjas don't bounce? No, no. Hey, like, they gotta get the ups for the the shot, man. It's it's cinematography. Or did they trampoline off some uh, thugs that were already down? Ooh. It's possible. Ooh. They bounced. Maybe. Maybe. Uh, My note here on the opening fight is fun. Yeah. The, there was nothing inherently violent about that fight at all. Mm-mm. Uh, my, my notes say that the, there was a clown punching bag gag with Donatello. Ninja Cowboy. There was Ninja Cowboy. Uh, there was combat cold cuts, which, mind you, those weren't cold cuts. No, they weren't. They were sausage links. <laughs> <laughs> which further makes the joke make no sense. Uh, oh, and the yo-yo fight. All in one gloriously packaged scene, right at the up, right at the top. I do love the yo-yo fight, though. <laughs> it's the reason I wanted a yo-yo as a kid. Yeah, like I can, I can still do some stuff with a. I totally learned how to walk the dog. Yeah, I can do some stuff. It's, okay. I'm not great at it, but I can do some stuff. Yeah. Um, th- that opening fight is it's it's a pretty iconic like fight. It's not bad. It's not. It's dreadful. I mean, no, they're, they're no. Fighting that's you know a little bit more than we got in the first movie. Well, kind of. It, it's, again, I don't even know if I would call any of it fighting. Mm-hmm. Like it was just goofing around and stopping a crime. Yeah. Because Mo, uh, Leonardo throws his swords into the ceiling and then jumps and grabs them and kicks a guy. Yeah, I was like, wow, what kind of ceiling is that? Right. Did he throw it into concrete or like <laughs> asbestos? I, like I don't asbestos understand it. Ceiling. Yeah. Yeah. Like it. it just doesn't make sense. Most of the scene doesn't make sense. It's just fun, which I actually really liked. Yeah. Because that's the part of the turtles that I like the most is the fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, I, you can only take a kid's show so seriously, a kid's franchise so seriously when it comes to fighting. Yeah. Well, you know why it, it, it took this direction, right? Because they had like three months to write it. <laughs> <laughs> Not so much as that, but like I think they got like maybe one complaint from a parent that said this movie, the first movie is is too violent. They're just just all all the violence, you know. Oh, like, same. Um, so like one parent complained, which means equals a million people complained. Are you gonna tone it down? It, the thing is, is the movie was a hit. It is, it was, but then you had people complain about the first movie, and then it just like okay, well we have to tone it down and make it like the cartoon. Which they did. Yeah. This is um, basically the 87 cartoon, season two. Uh, yeah. What with more action uh, come to life? I, again, I don't even... Fighting. With fighting. Fi- fight. with fighting. With fighting. Heavy quotes on the fighting. Yeah. Heavy quoted fighting. Heavy quotes. Uh, um, um, right after right after this the, that scene, mm-hmm. uh, we get to meet Paige Turco and her April O'Neil. Yeah. Which... Not taking anything away from the April in the first movie. What's no, her name? Judith Hogue. Judith, Judith, Judith Hogue. Yeah. She's not Paige Turco. Yeah. Paige Turco was hot. Was. I don't know, I don't know how she looks today. but uh, Actually, she's on a show called The 100. Really? Yeah. And I was like, wow, she has aged very well, just like Judith Hogue. I was like, oh, it's got that Hollywood money. Got that. Well, no, got that Secret of the Ooze stuff. <laughs> it's, just, it's like a little here, a little there, and these eyelids and all that stuff. And, like, you know. 
I was always a big fan of Paige Turco playing April O'Neil. Like yeah. from the from like nineteen ninety one on, I was like, You're my April. So there's that. She does she did a really good job. Yeah. Um I would say her her character was pretty neutered this time around. Yeah. Like she did some investigative journalism. Yeah. But she didn't really have any impact on the plot whatsoever. No, no uh no fighting the foot. Right. Or as or as what Raphael would call the leftovers. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That comes back around. <laughs> so the, the so there's two serious scenes in the entire movie. One is right after Raphael makes fun of them beating the shredder and he's like pretending like he's falling out of the window and Splinter's like Raphael. And he's like, "What?" Feel like there's, off, man. I never really understood why that they played that as a serious scene. Yeah, it really didn't make any sense. Because it's like we're celebrating victory. We're te- we're basically retelling the plot of the first one for the seven people who are here that haven't seen the first one. Yeah, because that's how that works. Yeah, um, why they play that as serious? I guess I guess they do it so the movie will have two serious scenes. Maybe. I don't know. Uh, so there's that. Uh, next up, we have Shred. My, my my next note is Shredder reaching out of the junkyard. The the first of three different s- shots of Shredder reaching out of something. Yeah. With his with his, his like claw like, thing. Set feel and like oh here comes the smoke machine. He's like cue the smoke machine. Action and reach more fog. <laughs> Give me a grunt. <laughs> and he sounds like a robot. Like the entire... I was like, did he swallow a computer when he was in that in that junk? <laughs> That's great. I do love it, though, because I'm like, why does he sound... Okay, I like this. I kind of like that. I can't do it, you know, of course. But yeah, it's so weird. You know, yeah. But that but that was a really cool scene. I, I yeah. there's something cinematic and overly dramatic about him reaching out of the junkyard just like dramatic effect. Which which means that this movie is set like a day after the first movie. Yeah. Yeah, it's like the first movie ends. Woohoo! Casey Jones disappears, and then nowhere. And then, <laughs> and then we have the secret of the use. Went to Europe, maybe. I don't European know. vacation. I don't mind Casey not being in this movie. Yeah. It's fine. I hate the way of Kino instead because I really don't like Kino. He's better than Carter, <laughs> but that's a low bar. Yeah. He's just like saying he's better than Venus. Ooh, anything's better than Venus. Uh-huh. Yeah. So. It, Congratulations, Kino. Yeah. Like, does his character ever come back? Not to my knowledge. I don't think he's, like, he, there's never been a Kino in any, any other Turtles lore. Mm-hmm. Um, he's one of, he's one of the, the, the weird one-off things that only exists in the movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of like the, the scientist guy that was in this movie. Okay. Do we remember his name? Of course we do, because he's my favorite British actor. Do you all time? Okay, uh, that would be David Warner. Okay, who was Sark and the Master Control Program in the original Tron film? Okay, and Ra's al Ghul in Batman animated series. Okay, uh huh. Do you know the character name though? 
<laughs> Sugar. Um, Professor Jordan Perry. Was that? Is that sounds right? We're gonna we're gonna check the cast here. That is correct. Aha! We have a winner. My question about that character. Like he he was great. Oh like yeah. that that dude was great. If you're gonna get somebody to be a scientist and British and proper, you the, can't you, you hired the right guy. You did. I was surprised how much of the movie he was in. Oh yeah. Because not only is like he's of course disposing of all the old uh Mutagen. Ecto cooler. Yeah, yeah. The lime green. You just wonderfully look. It looks great. Delicious. Just looked milky and lovely. Like, I loved the way the, 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 the ooze looked. Yeah. So he's, of course, a TGRI employee, and he's disposing of it. He's basically erasing the existence of this giant scientific mistake. And he gets kidnapped by the foot, and then he he's rescued by the turtles and then he hangs out in the turtles lair while they try to find a, a like an antidote for it. And a retro mutagen, retro mutagen ice cube, it's which we'll, we'll get to that. Is it a vanilla ice cube? Oh, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Jeff. I am on point. Oh, <laughs> shut the podcast down. No, we're done. No, we're no, done. No, we're staying. Okay. All right. So, Mike. Uh, oh, wow. <laughs> My question about that guy is why not Baxter? They already have a character that is a scientist. Because he didn't work for uh, TGRI. Who cares? You change stuff all the time for movies. Oh, yeah. Were they thinking they were going to use Baxter in, season, in, in movie three? Well, I believe the original plan was to continue to adapt the comics into film. So, like, um, like have Mausers? I don't know about Mausers. That would have been way too much. I think they were going to skip all... I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Like, again, like, why not, why not Baxter? You have a science character already. Yeah. Use him. That's just a weird, weird nitpick. Yeah. It, it just doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. Um... Let's see. Oh. So so after all of that, the, the Turtles and Splinter realize, oh, TGRI, that's that's what's on the the canister. Mm-hmm. Let's go figure out what's going on. Very reminiscent of issue number four. Yeah. Where they do the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um and of course they meet the foot. There's that awesome, awesome fight scene in the uh TGRI building right Right as they uh, the, the, they find the last canister of mutagen, mm-hmm. conveniently the last canister, very convenient. Suddenly, out of thin air, Donatello is suddenly the tech guy. Oh yes, yes. We're like a movie and a third into this franchise, and at no point does he say, "Oh, I'm I do machines." Come on, I'm sorry. Sorry, you, that was one of our chief complaints with the first movie. Yeah, was Donatello did no machines. No, it's good to see him do machines. And the return of the giant sausage fingers on the human-sized keyboard. True, it's back. Yeah, it's back, folks. It's the sequel. In the sequel, it, it was just really odd that, so, like, there was, there wasn't like, oh, I've been working on computers, guys, or. 
And actually, at the beginning of the at the beginning of the movie, they missed a perfectly good opportunity to establish it when when uh, April is walking around the apartment picking up after the turtles. He she picks up comic books from Leo. She picks up some stretchy workout thing for Raphael. Fake snake. Fake snake from Michelangelo. Like, and for Donatello, it was a skateboard. Why is that not a circuit board? Next next episode, we talk about Donatello, and we're going to dive deeper into this. Yeah. Also, not Corey Feldman oh, yeah, as not, the voice. I, you know what? I didn't miss him. Um, didn't miss him. voice actor Adam Carl. Adam Carl? Yeah. That's, that's, two, that's two first names. That's not cool. Yeah. No, he's a pretty cool guy. I've mm. talked to him a few times. Okay. Um, I actually enjoyed him as Donatello a great deal. Yeah, there was nothing wrong with him. Yeah. Like, it, there, he he wasn't a distraction no. like Corey Feldman was. No. Because Donatello, like, Corey Feldman wasn't playing Donatello. He was just playing Corey Feldman. Yeah. Let's see. My next note says memorable set pieces. There's a lot of very memorable set pieces in this movie. One, the mall in the opening scene. I think it's kind of small for a mall. Uh, strip mall? No, strip, strip mall's outside. Mom and, uh, mom and Pop, uh, you know. Like a bodega? Yeah, bodega. A bodacious bodega. Oh, there you go. Yeah, All right. Uh, the, the mall, there's uh, the cleanup site where they have the, the giant, what is it, dandelion? Yeah. Dandelion? Is that yeah. how you say it? Which which is clearly paper mache. It was a sunflower, maybe. No, it was a dandelion. Dandelion. Yeah, no, no, no. they they actually say it. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's clearly a made of paper mache because it just snapped right off. It's like, hey, look yeah. at look at this prop. Nobody noticed these very, before. A proppy prop. Mm-hmm. Uh, the TGRI scene is probably my favorite. The only problem I have with the TGRI scene is the 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 the, the um slippery MacGuffin they have going where they're tossing the thing back and forth. I don't know if you know this about me, Jeff. That is one of my pet peeves in movies. MacGuffins? No, MacGuffins are fine. Those scenes where it's like, hey, we, there's this one item that both parties want and we're going to have a ridiculous scene where somehow they throw it between each other nine times in the middle of a fight. Uh, it's basically, basically hot potato. Oh, almost ruins it, but it's still a fun scene. Yeah, my my question is though, like you know, you know of course in this one they don't use any of their weapons, right? Except Donatello Don is the only one that uses freaking weapons in this movie. Yeah, but in that fight scene in the TCRI or TGRI building, Leo has two sticks in his hand. I'm like, what? what where? What? Does he? Yeah, he's like. I was like, looked like they got cut in half. I was like, what is this? <laughs> what? Oh, use your freaking swords. I was there like, we just, go. Did, don't use sticks. Yeah. What it, the flip? <laughs> just come on. Like, yeah, it doesn't. Uh, it's so toned down. It just parents. Parents. We have parents to thank for that. Parents now, just don't understand. They don't. Now they don't care. Yeah. They will let their children watch Deadpool and play Grand Theft Auto. They don't care. And I kind of prefer it now. It's it's better now. We can get away with so much more now. Yeah. Great. They're saying all the swear words on TV. Good. Yeah. Yes. You know, like fork. And <laughs> bull shirts and all that deliciousness. Yes, of course. All Fudge of those. Sickles. That's right. Ooh. You lint liquors. <laughs> 
Riddle me, kumquat. <laughs> oh, Lord. The next scene, when they return back to uh, April's apartment, and Kino shows up with free pizza. And forces himself into And just the, walks just into like, a stranger's apartment. What the crap, man? Just walks right in. And I'm... Like, that's that doesn't You're, even it, come close to being anything close to reality. New York, you will get shot. Yeah. Or stabbed. Mm-hmm. Or, or karate'd. Yeah. It, it, yeah. It's, because she's been nunchucking. Right. It would not have taken much for them to get him in the, in, in, in the apartment. All April has to say is, oh, you know what? Come on in. I got to go get money out of my purse. Boom. Razor. Yeah. Let's Razor. let's jump to Toka and Razar. Right. Okay. Like, I don't know how to say that name. Yeah. Like it's it's spelled Razar, but in the movie, Leonardo says Razar. Yeah. And I think Tomato Tomato. I think it's been pronounced Razar since then. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Um We have to we have to obviously point out the uh absence of Bebop and Rocksteady. Yeah. And why was that, Jeff? Because Peter Laird hates Bebop and Rocksteady and fought tooth and nail to keep them out of the movie. Really? That's what I heard. I thought... What I, I read. Like... Just really did not want them in that movie. That doesn't make any sense to me. Well, I think because, you know, at the time they were trying to... If they were going to continue the path of what the first movie was setting up, that they wanted to stay to the comic you know, roots, but obviously that script went <laughs> way off rails. Uh, yeah, they didn't do that. Uh, yeah. Let's see. You are correct. The char- characters of Bebop and Rocksteady could not be used due to Kevin Eastman and Peter Laird objecting, which is dumb. You know why that's dumb? Both those characters are fan favorites, have always been fan yeah. favorites. You replace them with two characters who are 100% forgettable. Who have no personality whatsoever. And one of them is a turtle. Why another turtle? That's all my notes here. Why another turtle? Evil turtle? There's there's yeah. literally um, probably a billion species of animal on this planet. And you choose another turtle. I, it's lazy. It's ill-informed. It's, it's Ill- yeah. It's it's probably probably one of my biggest problems with this this movie is those two characters, mm-hmm. and 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 this is a complaint that goes back to my childhood. Like I wasn't as a kid, I wasn't really that bummed that Bebop and Rocksteady weren't in it, mm-hmm. you know, because I just figured they couldn't do it for legal reasons or whatever. But it bugged me that they replaced them with such terrible characters. Well, I mean, brute strength. Of course, was was there, which is what Bebop and Rocksteady were initially. Yeah, they were like technically bouncers. Yeah, you know, um, but with guns, no guns this time. Um, and it makes sense for you know a rhino. Mm-hmm. You know, not really a warthog. Those aren't they're you know they're they, they will kill you, but they're not like a lion. No, they will legit. Like freaking! I've, I've seen the Nature Channel. Yeah, like well, we're track you down. they're they're rough. Freaking Animal Planet, man! That's some scary stuff right there. They're rough, yeah. but at the end of the day, it's they're not a apex predator. 
No, I think they will legitimately eat you. Yeah. Well, no, they will. Yeah. But they're still, like, they're tiny. Like, so they got a snapping turtle. Yeah. And a wolf. Just a wolf. Those were the most vicious predators that they could they could find. Well, there's not. Well, there aren't any zoos in New York. Are yeah, there? there is. Are there? Yeah. Okay. Well, see, I haven't <laughs> been to New York, and you know, I don't know. I don't know. It's it's a, it's a lifelong problem with this movie, right? Just, but it's like, so how do you how do you bring vocally? How do you bring these characters to life? You go to the number one voice man. In the industry. And that, oh, what was his name? Frank Oz? <laughs> That's Yoda. It's not Frank Oz? <laughs> you, were, you were close. Frank Osmond? Fr- no. You're <laughs> thinking Donnie Frank, Osmond. Frank Thomas? No. Wait, no, he has a baseball player. No, no. Frank freaking Welker. Frank Welker. The man that could do the sound of uh, is that, a whale snoring is under, that, uh, is under that the water. Is that Optimus Prime? No, that's Peter Weller. No, that's Peter Weller is RoboCop. Yeah. <laughs> you were... Here, have another sip of water. Just <laughs> pace yourself. I'm man. hungry. Yeah, that's... Man, being hungry does weird stuff. You get all jumbles. Uh, no, Peter Cullen was Optimus Peter, Prime. Okay, Peter Cullen... Yeah, Peter Weller. Wel- Welker, no. <laughs> Peter Weller was RoboCop, though. Yes. Okay, I got one of them right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, no, Frank Welker was Megatron and Soundwave and like, you know, five or six other Transformers. Okay. And this or, is Frank who? Welker. So it was Optimus Prime. I was right. No, that's Peter Cullen. Ah, Jesus. Man. <laughs> Peter Cullen's Optimus Prime, Autobot. Welker was Megatron. That's okay. All right. All right. So they hired the best voice man in the business to play babies. Yeah, because I think he was also the voice of Animal on Muppet Babies or Kermit. No, he was Baby Kermit. So yes, the Muppet Connection. Yeah, but why? Because uh, I'm well, well, because because I'm of Henson. Kermit. Because Yay! of Henson. That's what it is. Yeah, it, it just doesn't make. You, what? Don't hire the best voice guy to do the voice of two two babies. I mean, he was also the voice of the the Nazi monkey in Raiders of the Lost Ark and Elvira's dog. He's the the voice of everything. The man can do a freaking zoo. Yeah. All right. Let's move farther down. Do do, do you you want to talk about any any of your notes? There is. uh, Oh, and it's time once again for show us your nuggets. (laughs) (laughs) There is a Mortal Kombat connection to this film. Okay. All right. Um, Raphael's fight double okay. was Hung So Pak, aka the guy that was the original Liu Kang. I thought you were going to say Liu Kang. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But there. But wait. There's more. Oh wow. Um. And I hope I'm pronouncing this right. Daniel Pacina, who was that sounds right. Uh, Johnny Cage. He was he was one of the foot soldiers. I don't know which one. Uh, the one far the, to the, the one right. that looked like Johnny Cage. Yeah. Okay. Because um, <laughs> there's actual like rehearsal footage that I mm-hmm. saw of him. I'm like, ooh, okay, that's cool. So, uh, so yeah, a lot of overlap there. So uh, Raphael was uh, responsible for defending the realm. And yeah, yeah, cool. Yeah. 
Wow, your your notes are much more specific than mine. Mine are just emotions and written down. I have I have one post-it note <laughs> of notes just to just to clarify. <laughs> and I have a whole page you that do. I had to write. I wrote a whole page for almost, the first movie, almost two so, columns. Yeah. All right, all right. My next note is abandoned subway station equals dope. That was the coolest place for them to find a new house. Oh my god! Like, like the stained glass windows, the old the old subway car. Yeah, like it it was cool. It was cool, and I hate that there wasn't more time spent in it. Oh man! Uh, but I do love that it comes back in the third movie. Yeah. Uh, let's see. My favorite line in the whole movie. Moving on to my next note, by the way. My favorite line in the whole movie is uh, it, it's it's a little too quiet. <laughs> it's a little too easy. And there's Raph. It's a little too Raph. <laughs> you have to give it up for some of the comedy bits in this. They are they are pretty good. It's yeah. This movie is legit funnier than the first one. Like Mikey really does shine. That's actually that's another note. Mikey on point is another one of my notes. He is hilarious in this movie. He's so good. Like, his just, quips aren't annoying at all. They're no. perfect. Yeah. Like, he's just really having just so much fun. And it's just, I think it just really, I think this really made it, like, kind of established as my as my favorite. Oh, because my, because my, I've uh, yeah. this movie more when I was a freaking kid. A little too rap. Yeah. <laughs> it's so stupid. And then I would do the, you know, it's not Mikey, but it's like, I'm being punished, aren't I? You know, I did that <laughs> I did that one a lot. So, like, I wore that VHS out. Yeah. Like, I tricked my mom into getting that VHS tape for me. Oh, wow. We were at Kroger and um, going through, you know, it was like, just dropped on VHS. I was like, oh, wow. Like, like, and sneak that in the shopping cart, put some bread over the top of that. Okay, good. And then get, go check out. Oh, She's man. like, what's this? It's a movie. <laughs> I think it was like 30 or 40 bucks. Yeah, VHS tapes were yeah. expensive. Now they're like a dollar or a penny. Yeah. Or free, depending upon where you go. Yep. Yep. I wore that freaking VHS out. <laughs> I still got it somewhere. Let's see. Cultural references are still uh, not as dated in the first one. What do you mean? Well, you know, you got Bart Simpson in there. Yeah. Just, uh, he was holding the glass in such a weird way. Like It's like product placement. Look. We're cool. Bart Simpson is on this. Yeah. Um, Casablanca. Yeah. Yeah, that's a classic. There's a Karate Kid. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Because there's a new Karate Kid show. Um, That doesn't... No. no. Cobra Kai. Yeah. Uh, But but that doesn't mean it's not out of date. Eh. Just because there's a Cobra Kai show. It's become, you know, back into the spotlight. Uh, I'm not giving you credit for that. Oh, come on. I'll give you credit for The Simpsons. Because that never left. No. What's my next note here? Oh, Splinter apparently is a good archer. Very good archer. That's never been a thing. Oh, oh, he, but his action figure has a has a has a bow and arrow. This drives me. Okay, I have a gripe. Uh oh. Uh oh. Okay, they get caught in the giant net. Yep. What does the turtle with the freaking swords do? Well, he doesn't cut the net. No. <laughs> cool. <laughs> He's just like. Hanging on to the flipping... Uh, 
cut the stupid net and just get out. Yeah. Oh, was it the mutual splinter? The mutual Omaha or whatever? We have mutual splinter. We have insurance. Oh, yeah. I was like, oh. <laughs> and, 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 like, the thing is, is Leo could have just cut him down. Yeah. Splinter literally shows up to shoot them down, and then he leaves. Yeah, like an assist character in a freaking fighting game. <laughs> just hit the bumper and move like, on. It's like... <laughs> I will save you all, my turtles. And it's like, there. Yeah. You are saved. So stupid. Uh, let's see. So, so yeah, there's, they come back to the, uh, after all that noise, which that fight was dumb. It was just them going to get Raph again. I, I don't know why Raph had to leave again. I don't know. A retread. Mm. Poor writing. I don't know. I don't know. They come back to their new home. And... Here's where we get the second serious scene uh, when the science man, I keep saying scientist is what oh, those, there, that's an, there, it's there a profession. Were three, there were three serious scenes. What was the third one? Uh, when Splinter was talking to the turtles about the ooze canister. I See, I didn't think that it was a serious scene when he was talking about the ooze canister at the beginning. Mm-hmm. I guess it was. Yeah. So I guess this would be the third. Yeah. Yeah, this is the third one where they get the explanation of how the mutagen became mutagen and it was an accident. It was like some gamma irradiated chemical mixture that they were transporting through town and they lost a canister. They knew they lost a canister just like the, 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 uh, Utrams did. Yeah. And it was an accident and Donatello gets all butthurt because he's all like, there's gotta be a bigger reason. Really? Yeah. Like, like you're going to spend this entire movie throwing jokes around, and then that's going to be your serious moment? Mm-hmm. Donatello having an existential crisis? Yeah. No. No, you lost me. I'm going to give you that one. Yeah, it was weak. It, it seemed it seemed shoehorned in. It was like, hey, we haven't, we haven't pretended like this is a serious movie in, like, 30 minutes. Yeah. Well, let's, let's throw one final thing in here before yeah. we bring Vanilla Ice out. Yeah. Ah, uh, yes. Which which kind of gets me to the final battle. What was really their reasoning for going to fight the final battle? If they didn't, Toka and Rezar were going to go into Central Park. That's right. Because cops don't have guns. Yeah, and eat people. They weren't eating people. They were just breaking things. They were. And New York has a police force. Like... Yeah, but there was like nobody out at night. That wasn't New York. That was a stage. <laughs> you're you're not wrong. Yeah, but there's always somebody out. It's like, oh, we're gonna let the wild animals back out into the wild. Where's where are the people? It's it's just it's like fl- one old couple. My Get no- your own taxi. Mm-hmm. My notes here. Flimsy reasoning for final battle. Yeah, it's like, oh, we're gonna let them out again. It's like, oh, property damage. Uh oh. Yeah. Oh no. I like the Technodrome Trust me, back and the problem will take care of itself if you let them back out. Yeah. I like the Technodrome coming back and not doing anything. We have to we have to address ice cube donuts. What? <laughs> num nums? Like <laughs> mm, num nums. <laughs> Mixing it in with donuts makes sense. Getting them to eat it, eat them? Perfect sense. Yeah. They donuts taste great. They do. Why did they have to freeze it into ice cubes to get them into the donuts? That's a very good question. That doesn't make any sense. They could have just 
like mix it into the batter for the donut. Yeah. Yeah. Or or injected it into the donut. Like any animal you feed a donut with an ice cube in it is going to be like, "What's this? I can tell it's cold." It's just oh god. And now Shredder turning into the whole like I think the the issue we had in the beginning when Shredder's taking a minute letting them collect themselves. No. <laughs> He would straight up murder you. Yes. Like, traditional pre-fight donut, what is this? Mm-hmm. Like, so my spl- my Shredder voice is also my Splinter voice. <laughs> so it's Shredder and Splintered. So, womp womp. Here's the real tragedy. The real tragedy is... Eastman and Laird fought so hard for Bebop and Rocksteady to not be in the movie that they screwed up and let Ice Cube Donuts get in? It's like, where was your oversight, Eastman? Where was your oversight, Laird, when some writer pitched Ice Cube Donuts? Pick your frickin' battles. <laughs> if, some, if, a, if a movie exec says, hey, let's put these two popular characters in there, say sure. If some writer says, we're going to sneak Ice Cubes into Donuts, probably say no to that. Yeah. Sorry, I'm talking loud. I'm talking very loud. That's okay. Just bring it down a bit. I feel, I feel, I feel like... Lower the breath pressure. All right. Let's finally talk about Vanilla Ice. It's a delicious flavor of ice cream. It is. It it's, is. Yeah. I had some on cake tonight. Vanilla Ice was literally in the right place at the right time. This mysteri- in, in both his career and in this movie. In a mysterious club hidden behind the a construction fl- site. Yes. The, well, Was I've been it? in a lot of I've been in a lot of shady clubs. OK. And for Was one va- to be next to a construction site is not that far from. Was Vanilla Ice in any of them? No. <sighs> no, at least I didn't check. OK. It's 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 like someone in a in a in a business meeting said, "So who's a popular rapper guy right now?" And then in that exact voice, in that exact voice, and then someone said, "Um, well, there's this guy who's got this hit song called uh, Ice Ice Baby. Let's get his people on the phone." And three phone calls later, suddenly he's like, "Dude, I'm going to be in the Ninja Turtle movie." It's I, I my my quote here: Ninja rap. Top five most embarrassing Ninja Turtle moments ever. Ooh, because that's your ringtone. Uh, <laughs> I, I would rather it be something from like the 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 stage show that they did. Coming out of our shells, if, dude. If you put "Coming Out of Our Shells" as my ringtone, I'd be happy. Ninja rap. And the thing is, I don't have a problem with the song itself. Which he wrote in like oh yeah it was supposed to be a matter of seconds yeah, it's a freestyle yeah there's, oh those ninjas are they turtles I can make a song about this yeah which I I guess that kind of stands up to logic if you freestyling rap songs is a thing mm-hmm. which it is mm-hmm. fine mm-hmm. you're not that talented vanilla ice vanilla ice but I get it there was no reason. For there to be a dance number, there was no reason for Vanilla Ice to be in the movie. There was no reason for that entire club scene to even happen. MC Hammer had a movie, had a had a song in the first movie, and it was over the credits, like movie songs are supposed to be. Right. That whole scene is terrible. Some 
just trash. Some really great ninja choreography, dancing, fighting, dance fighting. Dance fighting. Again, yeah. a, another non-fight. Yeah. That they end up winning with what, Jeff? Ninja power? Nope. No? Nope. Fire extinguishers. They defeat the bad mutants with fire extinguishers. Because that's how science works. <sighs> I, I, I cannot handle the end of this movie. The end of this movie is a tragedy. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but wait. There's more nuggets. Okay. Time to pull out some uh, Time to pull out some more nuggets. Okay. So when they when April does there is there is a silver lining when April talks about TCRI again or TGRI. Mm-hmm. They disappear. That yeah, that that was a cool little nod to the to the yeah, to comic book. Cuz like when, when when she said that I was like, "All right. All yeah. right, you got you got me on that one." That's yeah. cool. That was Cuz cool. originally it was supposed to be the professor was supposed to be revealed as an Utrom. And that would have been cool. Yeah, but they didn't want to confuse people with the cartoon. It was like, why is that crying in that guy's stomach? I was like, Can you imagine what that could have been like? Well, that would have been pretty cool. But it would have been better than Vanilla Ice. Oh, I don't know. Vanilla Ice is the Utrom. I would accept Vanilla Ice being Utrom if that if if that's what they did. Yeah. They did not, Jeff. They did a dance fight that ended with fire extinguishers. Integrate into society and become a new white rapper. <laughs> oh, oh! They, so they beat Toka and Razor with 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 yeah, fire extinguishers. They beat Shredder with a keytar. He got Marty McFlyed, Sergio. That's not a thing. Yeah, it the, doesn't actually happen. It did. But it doesn't. With the speakers. No. <laughs> More volume. I I love Back to the Future. I know. That opening scene is ridiculous. It is. This, the Vanilla Ice does, has commercial grade like equipment. It's not going to blow anyone off their feet, let alone defeat a ninja master with a keytar. Let's talk about Super Shredder. Very underutilized. I wrote it down. Oh, wow. Three pages? No. So Super Shredder was on screen for a whopping minute and twenty three sec minute and thirty three seconds. Ooh, you got the super mushroom right, and that's cutting back and forth between the turtles. So it's not even a full minute and thirty seconds. Mm-hmm. It's like maybe a minute of on screen time for Super Shredder. I'm, I'm sorry, you can interrupt me at any moment. Because I'm about to drop a load on this Super Shredder. Drop a load. Go ahead. There was literally no fighting. Not a single punch was thrown at the Turtles. Turtles did not use their weapons, nor did they fight him in any way. They didn't touch him. He killed himself by knocking over a boardwalk. Super. Oh, 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 the most egregious, terrible part. During the, during the Kitar scene, the Turtles get the ooze back. A full canister of ooze, even though they had used it for both Toka and Razar. Oh, God. And, Wait. and also, Shredder had pulled out some ooze and put it into a different vial that he happened to have with him. Doesn't make any sense. No. He gets knocked through the wall by the keytar, lands in this the bay, I guess, and his armor mutates. That's how mutation works. His armor. The whole body. His armor. 
His armor mutated. He got crunked, Sergio. No, 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 no. Mutation. None of this stands up to any logic. <laughs> Neither do giant talking turtles with that learn ninjutsu out of a book found in the sewer. But their weapons didn't mutate. <laughs> well, not with that attitude. That's another thing that even as a kid, I was so mad. What about the the uh, 2K12 one? I'd say he was fine. You know, whatever. Yeah. Like They were so laissez-faire with what mutagen does in that series that I can... It, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. In this movie, absolutely not fine. <laughs> Nothing is fine about Super Shredder. They should have just left it at the keytar. <laughs> at least it wouldn't have been infuriating. Yeah. My last note, the third act is trash. Chop off the entire third act of the movie, replace it with something coherent. I would, I, I, I could say that this movie is great, but as it stands, it is a tragedy. Especially coming off of that first movie. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. Yeah. Because that first movie is just... The, fir- the first movie is so wonderful. It is. And the tonal difference between it and this is embarrassing. Yeah. You know, there, there is no grit. There is n- this movie has no teeth mm-hmm. whatsoever. Let's... Uh, what about... How would you compare the animatronics and the look of them in this one compared to the first one? Worse. Worse? Yeah, I would say worse. Well, really? Th- yeah. Well, there wasn't as much of a focus on the animatronics. Yeah. You know, uh, you can kind of see the eye holes, the eye slits. Yeah. In the in the in the heads a little more in this movie. It, it, it this movie doesn't seem like a technical feat like the first one did. Mm-hmm. What are your final thoughts? I would say overall, like I I still say that it's better than season two of the '87 cartoon. <laughs> Um, I don't know if I can say that, Jeff. No, no, no. I don't think I can say that. It's it's definitely kind of a toss up. It's kind of you know it's up in the air. It yeah. could go either way. But if if nose to the grindstone, I would say that this movie's worse. Yeah. And the trump card that the, this that this movie has is Vanilla Ice. I still like it. <laughs> It's and, one of those. And, it's a guilty pleasure. It's the yeah. the comedy. I don't know. I really enjoy the comedy of it, but I do. I don't know. And and you know what? I, I can't completely complain. Like, as I said, the comedy is on point. It is a oh, funnier yeah. movie than yeah. the first movie. Yeah. Um, it's got Paige Turco in it. Yeah, it does. So it can't all be bad. Yeah. Well, the director made a cameo uh, in the film. Like really? Pressman, yeah, he was uh, April's uh, boss. Oh yeah, yeah. The, this uh, there were several scenes with April that I was like, "Why is this here? Yeah. Why are we even talking to this person?" Yeah, like the whole scene where he she's in the newsroom. I'm like, "Oh, all right, well, we get some 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 Turco action," but other than that, this doesn't further the plot in any way. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a it's a good movie that is ruined by the end of it. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, almost forgot about uh, Michelangelo's suit actor makes another appearance. Uh, okay, he, you know, he was the Domino's guy. Okay, um, he was a guy that um, 
exited the apartment complex in that beginning scene uh, with April coming back to her apartment. He was like, how's the action news biz? Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. And his and his wife was all like, anytime you see a skirt, you just have to talk. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I do have another nugget. Okay. Okay. So, you know, when Kino is going to try to infiltrate uh-huh. the uh, foot headquarters on the street with all the other people, there's a, there's a black guy right behind him. And mm-hmm. I'm like looking, I'm like, wait, is that Michael Jai White? <laughs> and it is. Oh, I was that's like, cool. Holy crap. He didn't say anything, of course. But I'm like, dude, that's freaking Michael Jai White. Wow. That's pretty freaking cool. Another Mortal Kombat connection because <laughs> later, later he played Jax in like a Mortal Kombat something, legacy yeah, something, something, yeah, yeah, yeah internet like, oh, thingy. Yeah, I was like, oh, oh, I'm three for three. Look at that. Yeah, hot diggity. <sighs> well, I, I don't really have anything else to say. I talked a lot. I yelled a lot. You I did. Apologize. You did. Very passionate about this movie. Yeah. I, I guess that. I guess we're done talking about the movie, Jeff. Let's talk about Jeff. Yes. Where me! Can, where can we find you? You can find me at the Warp Zone Arcade. If you love video games, folks, this is the place for you. Um, our massive library of games is a lineup of over 400 plus titles. Cool. On stuff like, you know, Nintendo Switch, PlayStation 4, you know, arcade cabinets, including Neo Geo goodness. We do birthday parties, game tournaments, like Smash Brothers and <laughs> Dragon Ball Fighter Z, and, uh, you know, all types of other stuff that we got coming up. And, uh, you know, if you're bored in the Brandon Crossgates area, Mississippi, <clears throat> if you're bored in the Brandon, Mississippi area uh, in Crossgates, Right down from the Kroger's. Please come check us out. Okay. Uh, and I'm Sergio. You can find me at Reality Breached. Um, we're launching podcasts uh, soon. Into space. Into space. Sweet. I want to do that. Can we do that? That'd be sweet. Is there someone I can give like thousands of dollars to to launch our stuff to aliens? That would be awesome. Well, let me talk to the Library of Congress. Uh, yeah, Reality Breach. This is probably where you found this. If you didn't find it there, um, you can check out all of our other podcasts. The Reality Breach podcast, the Black Pocket podcast, the Unapologetic Experience. Coming soon, we have the Dead Scene Kids podcast. Just just all kinds of wonderful things to listen to. So, I think that's it. Yeah. Jeff, until next time, I'm Sergio. I'm Jeff. And we're Shellheads. miss an episode of the Shellheads podcast, visit realitybreach.com or subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or anywhere you get your podcasts.